Welcome to the Path of Exile Community Podcast, Fatal Connections, where uh, Battle Mage and myself uh, welcome guests to discuss Path of Exile topics in a relaxed talk setting on a bi-weekly rhythm. Since the podcast is constantly growing, I'd like to not only say hi to everyone in the live audience here on stream, but also extend the warm welcome to the viewers on youtube.com slash as well as all the listeners on the various podcast platforms that we can be found on. Good evening, day, afternoon, morning and night, everyone. Well, I missed up. Wow, I'm so good. We are now almost in the end of the Harvest League, which has been um, divisive, loved by some, hated by others, definitely played a lot. And there's a lot of things to be said about it, but it's almost over. And in, I think, about two weeks from now, we'll get the announcement for the upcoming 3.12 expansion together with the league. And um, until then, most people are probably going to play private leagues and events, which are hosted uh, in plentiful uh, numbers. So uh, in order to talk about all of this, we're... Uh, what do we start with? How are you doing, Ballard? Welcome, Ballard. I'm doing great, but uh, I'm I'm not doing the race, which is the the main thing everyone asks like every day for like the past four days. <laughs> I don't. What you not. did originally? Did you originally want to I, play it, and you decided against it, or were you from the start look, you didn't want to play it? I never wanted to, but I got bullied into practicing. <laughs> until I did some of the softcore practice stuff. And then I was like, this would be fun for a day, but I don't feel like spending two and a half days of my life quarry farming. I don't want to do it. I'm not interested. Just, just for reference, when we say the race, there is similar to the event hosted on the uh, Chinese realm by uh, someone there. Some people organize races there. I think it's not Tencent, but it's also a private group of people organizing the races. Um, we have Zizrin and Vero organizing a race gauntlet where countless community figures and streamers contributed to a big prize pool, which is now above 10,000 British pounds. And uh, it has all the mods that make the game harder, as in make the monsters stronger and make the players weaker. But none of the shenanigans with no stash, no vendor or stuff like that, but just the mods that buff monsters and nerf players. And um, it's, I think, an eight-day event with points awarded for levels yeah. as well as boss kills. And, of course, the person with the highest points wins. And I think there's like a, you know, 30% for the rank one, 20% for the rank two, all the way down to rank 10, I think, gets 3% of the prize pool. And then there's also some MTX pa packages that GGG provided. Now, that was a mouthful for the leak description, but that's what we're talking about when we say uh, the race. And are you going to participate in the race? Cloudy, welcome to the stream, by the way. Indeed. I'm loathing it, but doing it. <laughs> well, you kind of don't want it, but you're, you're giving in to being bullied. Correct. Peer pressure from the stream community is rough. All you got to do is just not, not bow to peer pressure, and then you get to do whatever you like. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the way I go about it. <laughs> yeah, for me though, the issue is is like with like regular league content, I generally get bored a month to two months in. Generally, on the earlier in the month side, 
So, I mean, it's just a nice refresh for content making and for laughs and memes. Yep. I mean, there's certainly going to be some quality rip clips to be had. I've already had my fair share of those when I played hardcore. <laughs> now it's just going to be to like Marvel and Weaver, which majority of the population is going to die to. So. Oh, man. Yeah. See, I really enjoy watching these races. <laughs> like I find them really fun and I just but I just can't I don't know I'm just I'm just not interested in competing in races at all like you it's just not be. no no I didn't I used to be I used to be just desperate for people to recognize my name so I would be in everything but I never wanted to race that's a fair I just I just did it because it would put my name. I just did it because I knew I could get in the top 10. Because I could, and I did it reliably. And that got my name on ladders. Hmm, I see. And that's the only reason I ever raced. But you didn't enjoy the race? Because, like, I remember you explicitly emphasizing many times on the topic that comes up the most. It's the most recurring topic on, on uh, our podcast here is softcore versus hardcore and why people are playing which league and which variant of the league and you you always emphasize when you said that you changed to softcore and you never resented it that the only thing that would make you come back to hardcore would be such an event yeah n not not like this though like <laughs> i'm talking event, like not mayhem like turmoil okay. like proper ggg races not these little weird off private leagues masochistic not... private leagues <laughs> yeah hmm. yeah like i really enjoy the flashbacks turmoils mayhems those sort of things those are actually fun races that, that i personally enjoy running these are races i would be in whether i was a streamer or a content creator or not because those are fun i don't enjoy private league races at all I just, I don't know. They're just not. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why it's different or how to explain it. Hmm. See, I normally not... would, would agree to some extent, but I feel a particular with Harvest is it lends itself to a league that has harder, like higher values for monsters, lower values for players. That cup is so obnoxious, but um, I like it. It's a great cup. What do you want about? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, what did I want to say? Now you completely ended my train of thought. Fact, you, you derailed my train my of thought. Just throwing just, that out there. I, I won't buy it. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> it's Listen, some, I put a bunch of work into merch, and then last minute I threw these cups up as a joke. Because I wanted to buy them so that I could give them to people in real life as a gift. Because I thought it would be a, just a horrible meme joke that people would have. And somehow, it's been my highest selling merch item. <laughs> I, all the work I put into other merch and people are just buying meme cups with my zoomed in face on them. I don't. 
anyway, what I wanted, I wanted to link the, the race a little bit to the topic of, of harvest being very OP in many players eyes and it makes it too easy to get good items, which that's why I personally think it lends itself greatly to a league like that, where it's just, you know, the monsters are stronger, the players are weaker because you, the, the average gear that you can acquire on a character easily is just, I mean, it's gated behind quarry farming, as you said before. So that's a large part of your early game there, but I still think it, after having played the entirety of Harvest League, it's probably more fun to play in a, in a version of it that's a little bit harder to, you know, make the most out of the craft where, because a lot of things, a lot of people said when the topic comes up that most content in the game doesn't require you to have perfect items. You only really need to acquire like a 50% item. Or 50% of its maximum power level, and that's enough. So raising that bar a little of the minimum requirement to do all content and uh, and making it so that you actually are forced to fully utilize harvest crafting seems like the you know the ultimate version of Harvest League. So I'm looking forward to that. Because no matter how much you craft, you're you're never gonna reach that that insane god tier level. Or at least not mm. to that extent that you do it in, in a regular league. I'm, I mean, I can't. I still can't wait for it to start. It's going to be super good to watch. I, I just, I'm just going to stick to being a, a, a <laughs> consumer of that content. That's any commentating soon. You know what? I'd love to do that. I need to look into that. Just contact Zizran, honestly. Like those I feel like you're best. actually also really fit for it because you can, you know, a lot about the race meta and about the meta yeah, like of the it. game in general, and you can talk for a long time. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that and that would be that would be super fun. I would definitely get into like casting. That would be. Yeah. I said I'd be I'd do casting as well, but I don't feel like super comfortable casting in English because while I'm able to speak fluent English, I just when I hear these other casters, they're just they're just so good at it that I'm like shit. I'm, I'm never going to reach that level. But um, I definitely uh, I definitely cast in German with like you know. Someone mm. from the German community, and well, I don't know. I, I probably uh, I'd also cast in English. It'll just be awkward for the first two times or three. Yeah. <laughs> Would be the term for mixing German and English together, because then you'd really start confusing some people. <laughs> oh god, that's terrible. Yeah, that that's the biggest <laughs> problem actually when you talk about Path of Exile in German, like because most people play Path of Exile in English because all the guides and all the content is English. And the German just sounds silly when you like play Path of Exile in German and you have Feuer Resistance and you know, like that sort of stuff. Whereas you just, you just still use the same abbreviations. You still say OOS in German and you still say, uh, I don't know, Fire Res or something like that, just because it's, it's easier to communicate and it's, you have to do less thinking if you use the same terminology as if you were talking English. So when I was on the German podcast with Yoji and Yoji actually talked to me later as like, dude, this German PoE talking, this is just not for me. I'll do, do English podcasts <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's so weird. <laughs> uh, anyway, hmm. but uh, I, I wouldn't have thought it would be any different. It would just, just, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't speak any other languages, so it just doesn't occur to me. That it would be any different. Like you would just be like, "I'm speaking in another language." That's 
Well, you're, you, but you're not translating all the terms. Like you just, you're just using the English terms in the German sentence. If that makes any sense. So. Mm. Well, have you been enjoying a lot of Harvest League, guys? Let's uh, let's conclude the Harvest League by uh, talking about our personal highlights. What, what were your favorite, most powerful crafts this league? I too many. I think, I think <laughs> Harvest League is the most boring league we've had in the last four years. Have you felt about me it, like, personally? Have you felt about it from the st like that from the start, or was there a certain turning point? No, the first like two or three weeks was fun. And like when when the crafts were unknown, and it was unknown how to make you know quote unquote mere tier items, and everyone was kind of just yeah. throwing it together. It was more of a fun process, but once all that information was out there, then it just became trivial, and then it just sucks the fun out of it. I'm acutely aware that the majority of people playing are not having my experience where I can just build something in Path of Building and then make that and it's just a joke. Like, there's a, the example I'm using the most is there's, um, Gazzy's got one of the, like, best ever Redemption Century minion helmets that exists. And it's been mirrored a whole bunch of times this league. People have been mirroring it. For the price of a mirror, I can craft eight of those helmets. Like, I could just make eight of them. Yeah. Like, people, like, it's just, it, that's not, you shouldn't be mirroring it. I know it's perfect, but perfect is nothing this league. Perfect is just expected. <laughs> like, like, yeah, he's got a perfect helmet. Just make one. Like, and yeah, it's, I, it's like I, that for everything. Yeah, I feel like the only mirror tier worth items are things that are pretty much unobtainable, which is a lot of it, it has to do with like synth stuff. So like yeah. synthesized items, I think those are worthy because those are like, you know, one in a million, I'm going to hit a frenzy power charge on ring or yeah, it's all example, about the uh, onslaught branch or whatever the tier one Fizbo is. That's the best Fizbo in league and in standard. So it makes sense to mirror it, and it's been mirrored over 50 times, but that's because it's one of those one-ofs. But, like, yeah. a lot of people wasting their money mirroring such trivial gear because they don't know either they, A, they don't know how to do it, or because they're lazy and just have a lot of money and don't know what to do with it. Well, also, just like any other league, like that, that helmet I'm talking about, that's never existed before. Yeah. A helmet missing... Missing one of the supports and with a dead mod on it in that place, any other league would be the best in slot helmet and would be mirrored one or two hundred times by people. Yeah. In any other league, if it was missing a support and with a dead mod, it would still be mirrored in a league. But it's just not, it's just not special now. Like you can, you can just make the exact same thing like eight times. For the price of one mirror. <laughs> like, it's not... It just... I don't know. And uh, like I said, I'm acutely aware that most people aren't wearing perfect gear. And aren't doing this. I, I get it. And I'm very, very happy that a lot of those people have got to play for a lot longer. And have got to experience more powerful characters and whatnot. And that's really good. But from like a... 
no life, play this game for a living perspective. I ran out of interest way earlier than I ever do normally because everything is trivial now. Like, everything. Uh, I've done the same mistake. Lastly, we had, you know, heraldry, OP builds. Yeah. And then I made the same thing this league and burnt myself out way too quick. <laughs> yeah. I made, I made another aura stacker. Except instead of costing 100 exalts, it now costs like five or 600 exalts to get a really good one going. But then you can run maps now where you can drop like almost a headhunter every single map. Yeah. Like, like you can literally, you can literally, I think it's about seven out of 10 maps you drop a headhunter. And you can just do that because of harvest. Like, it's the largest... That's the other thing. It is the largest buyer long-shot loot explosion we have ever, ever, ever had. It just doesn't get handed to you. You have to work for it a little bit. And people don't know how to do that. But if you do work for it a little bit, it is the largest loot explosion we've ever had to the point where you get seven out of ten maps you can get ahead on. Yeah, on the floor. Is, yeah. And then my biggest issue or complaint of this league, and like, because like me, I'm mainly a Delver. So this league, everybody got, you know, kind of like, not con, but persuaded to Delve because, you know, like streamers like Ampy and stuff are running the Fractured maps. And they're like, oh, hey, guys, you know, Fractured Fossils, they're, you know, 2x, 3x, you can make a lot of money. And so you have all these new people delving with, very OP gear, and if they decide mm-hmm. to do things like this next league, unless we have some type of OP crafting system next league, which I doubt we will have, a lot of those new players are going to struggle, and it's gonna this league will ruin the rest of the game until they balance stuff better, to where they just won't have fun because they're just going to struggle because they're now they're used to having full mirror gear items <laughs> in all slots. On, on any I, character I, they play. I have to feel real, really bad for anyone who, le- like, started the game this league. Do you think Like, so? imagine this is your intro. Yeah. Like, you, you start now, and you just, you just make gear. And, like, imagine you're someone who does get involved in watching YouTube guides and coming to streams and watching podcasts. And so you do learn how to do these things. Even though it's your first league... You learn how to do this stuff. People like us teach you how to do that stuff. And then you do it and you make disgusting gear. And this is your first league ever. And you've got a character that any other league would be worth 200 exalts, but now is worth eight because it's too easy to craft all of that stuff. And then next league happens, whatever that may be. And we don't have craft garden crafting anymore. And that person who started this league, oh, that's... Um, <laughs> Yeah, because like you go like uh, like you, you get your min max build a week into the league with Harvest Craft, and it's the same thing as my roommate actually started this league as well. And I already told him, you know, don't get used to it. You're not. It's not going to be anywhere near as fluid as it will be next. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people understand just how overpowered Harvest is. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I do I'm think popular it was, opinion here. 
Mm-hmm. I think it could be exactly the other way around. I mean, I might be wrong here because it's a little bit different, but I like to always compare it, compare it to Piranda's League where they changed the rarity of shafts to like four times as common. And at the same time, Piranda's was there to offer you these unique deals. And a lot of people had access to like end game uniques that normally they wouldn't have never gotten. Like, I don't know, lightning coils, shafts and like all the, the good, the good stuff that back then was super hard to get. Right. And a lot of people got further in the game than ever before. And when they took it away, I don't think people were super salty about it, but it could be different because crafting, acquiring uniques was still essentially just rolling dice where now you're, you're more or less deterministically getting the items. And when you go back to the old crafting system of Path of Exile and you don't know how to fully utilize all the different meta crafting options that you have, because there is still quite some options like remove prefix, add suffix from beast cherry and the, the different cannot roll attack, cannot roll caster and stuff like that. There is some, some finer things that you can, I mean, you can still easily craft a plus three bow next league, for example. But, uh, yeah, a lot of things will be harder to obtain. I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's great that people get an easy access to what they need for the game. On, on one end, on one side of the game. And then next league, it's the same as was it before, but then some other aspect of the game is going to be mildly trivialized by the league. So it's like, I don't know. So he, here's the main reason that I disagree with that. While that did happen in Parandus, it is a very large shift in mentality and player base from then until now. Back in Parandus, that long ago, Playing soft call was a joke, and you would be embarrassed to say so. That was no, that it was, was it was already the tipping point of that. I think a lot that of people was, were playing soft core in Parandas. M- maybe some more people were playing, but people weren't owning up to it yet. Like we were still back in that much much smaller, much more hardcore oriented community, and not in uh, give me this for free because it's fun. I don't want to have to earn it style of thinking which happens more and more nowadays I think the entire attitude of the player base is way different now I I think people are going to be upset when they don't have harvest crafting anymore that being said anything could change anything could change by the time we don't know what the next league is like that could be anything like I don't know what that's going to be Maybe that plugs every hole we need, but I, I don't know. I've, I've I don't heard know. I've heard rumors that next league is gonna be a uh, trade heavy league, but who knows? <laughs> I don't think they're going to do a trade heavy league in the current climate in the community regarding trade. That I can't imagine it. that, unless they I'd got they it. got some sort of improvements for trade that people are craving. I would love a trade heavy league. Trading is a skill in its own. It is. I, I think. I think sniping and trading are definitely a tool that is necessary to excel you faster than majority of the player base. And like, that's the main reason why I swapped to softcore as well compared to playing hardcore. Is hardcore for the first month is handy dandy, but as soon as you reach that week three, week four pinpoint of that league, it's impossible to buy stuff. It's yeah. You usually have like 80% of the hardcore player base already quit and swap to softcore because they just couldn't handle it. Or, you know, stuff like that. Or people like, including myself, I've, you know, died to random DCs and crashes 
and get triggered and then swap to softcore. So that's why I swapped to softcore. And plus with softcore, you can play a bajillion builds. You can yeah. do it in hardcore as well, but you're very limited in a sense. The biggest difference to me is in hardcore, I might play the same build three times in a row because I didn't have a choice. Yeah. That's never happening in softcore. I ain't making two Blade Vortex builds in one league. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah, but that's mainly because you don't lose your one, so you'd have a second one. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I think all in all, Harvest is just... Uh, it was fun. It's nice. It's nice for people in standard, right? They can get their GG standard gear and stuff like that. But in terms of like an actual league thing i th- i think it was a little little much it was it was definitely super no- i'm what i'm hoping comes out of harvest is that a lot more people who were less experienced with crafting and didn't get interested in crafting in the past have gotten really interested in crafting now and will now invest their time and energy and focus into learning the crafting systems we already have because the <clears throat> yeah, because realistically, when you talk about like the the top point oh one percent of people, like the the people that are far better than I am, their gear didn't change really. Like they already were wearing shit like this, or at least real similar every yeah. league. Like most of this stuff can could already be made. It was just a lot harder to do. And so I'm thinking, I'm hoping that maybe with the taste like the entire community has been given about crafting, that maybe a lot more people will get into figuring out how to fossil craft and how to block things and, and just when to use this and when to use essences and when to use split beasts and when to use prefix to suffix, suffix to prefix, when to whatever the word for eternal things is with the beasts, like... I don't remember what they're called. The ones where you remember the blue state. Well, this is what imprint. That's the one. Well, this is what I'm hoping will happen. Not what I think will happen. Those are two different things. See, my, my, my thoughts is yes, you can have that. <laughs> that, that you can have that thought process that people are going to start taking crafting more seriously. But then at the same time, you got to realize that a lot of people that are probably going to do that are people that made their own gear because it's cheap to do. It was cheap to make their own gear like that. And Mm. that's, and you got to remember if you're outside of that 0.01%, you don't have hundreds of exalts to craft in future leagues, which would normally take to make you know, such nice mirror tier items. It's not going to be something where I'll throw 10x at it and now I have triple T1 res in life and so forth. Now you got people that are wanting, that are going to want to try to replicate that, but now you got the people that only play for six hours a day, maybe, that aren't into heavy of like delving to make currency or boss killing or flipping. And now they only got five, 10x to try to make a good item and then let's say realize the cost it takes, then. They, they they lose their will for crafting because now it's expensive. It's it's not cheap. Cat, apparently you're muted. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I noticed. I, I was I muted when when I when I pointed out that you ended up agreeing with me more than disagreeing. But you were very <laughs> correct to point out that you know hopes and expectations may may differ a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but I I hope the same. I, I guess I should have said I hope it, and I don't. Maybe I don't expect it. But I, honestly, to be fair, I think I think there there's always going to be someone right who's going to be like. Fuck you, GGG. This is gonna go core. I want my XXX back, and I'm gonna quit the game. Uh, yeah, that happens. happens every league, though. Yeah, but like, I think all the people who will remain, like, I think that the the general interest in crafting will be higher now. The people had have had yeah. a taste of what the upper level results of crafting can be. Just also, just real quick, the people who are super vol- super vocal about, Re, how dare you take this away from me? I'm going to quit. And then they cry all over the forums. They all come back. Like, all <laughs> <Yeah. of them. laughs> like literally every single one of them full of shit. They all come back. And this is the reason if they were passionate enough about the game to get that goddamn upset, as soon as they calm down again, they'll be like, God damn it. I really miss POE. And they'll just quietly shuffle back in. <laughs> it's a great well, way of looking well, at well, it. It happens all the time. Their negativity on Reddit, of course, because you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they, they'll, they just at worst they go on for one leak, and then they're just like shuffling back in. I'll just, I'll just come back, and no one will notice that I said I was never going to play this game again. <laughs> you just can't stay away. It's too good. Suck it up. <laughs> Mm. Mm. I, mm, you go there first. Are some things I'm re- there are some things I'm really, really going to miss, though. There's some example. little parts of Harvest that I really wanted to see added to the main game, and it's not really the crafting stuff. It's missions. The- sacrificing maps for missions and having as many dailies as I want and being able to get um, sacrifice a red map to get a free use of uh, an infused modifier on my map. Um, Like all of those map related things, um, the ability to fracture things. um, I really, really like that. Fracture, being able to fracture just one random prefix or one random suffix is the thing with the master missions. Amazing. The, the map device, uh, map device mods may very well be part of the rewards next league. I feel like they've closed, like they fulfilled or ended the circle of uh, of of the previous loot system with like blight, legion, and metamorph, yeah. and thing. And they're going to do different rewards from now on to keep it like, interesting. It's not always going to be, you know, just currency and then uh, blacksmiths and this and that, right? But that you get like those sort of rewards that we saw from Harvest. As long as it's not the crafting with the items, like adding, removing mods so, or stuff like that, reforging, I can totally see anything else coming back in a different form. Tin, tin foil hat, that infused map device usage exists to replace Zana because Zana betrays us soon, maybe even next league, and then we won't have our Zana maps anymore, but we'll have other ways to get these. But it's on Zana's map device. Rewards. 
The map device is from Zana, no? Well, I think Zana's going to betray us. And I think it's going to happen soon. Maybe even next league. And that infused map device thing is to replace Zana mods that we can't have anymore because we don't have Zana. Hmm. Also, that's the reason Kirak was introduced was to be able to replace Zana. And they've just sort of left him there as sort of an awkward, useless NPC right now for all but about eight minutes of the game. And he's just there so that we get used to him being there. <laughs> and he's, he's going he's gonna to take over completely. From I can Zana. see that. I can see that. Nah, Zana's never going to betray us. Zana's the what? best wife. No, Zana is definitely going to betray us. Zana already betrayed us. We are the conquerors. We were our past selves are the conquerors. Yeah, but you went she mad. trapped in the Atlas. Yeah, because you... We you, went mad. But you switched to the dark she, side. No, she knew that we were going <laughs> mad and kept sending us in. And then to her own, for her own uses, manipulates and sends us in over and over and over again to fix her mistakes. And then knowing full well we're going to go mental in there. And then when we do, she locks us in the Atlas. Zana is a bad guy. <laughs> Zana is not a good person. She's not on our side. She never has been. And at some point, she's going to betray us. All right. I think, I think we, we've, we've come to realize you can never trust the, uh, the thick-waisted females in the games. They, t- they tend to betray you. Also, they remember like one or two leagues ago, they changed the Zana line because it used to be still sane exile, and now it's still sane exile. Oh, really? It became threatening. It's the same word. It's the same words, but it went from a lighthearted question to a threatening undertone. I'm telling you, she's going to betray. Maybe it won't be next league. But she is definitely our enemy. Now I'm scared. I don't know. What's that? Is that hot sauce? Oh no, that's uh, juice. Babe juice. <laughs> is that is that why you call yourself SK Cloudy because of the wave clouds? I don't know why. I don't remember why I got the nickname Cloudy from. Kind of just got it and then stuck with it. Probably had to deal with vaping originally. Because I used to be one of those immature kids who was all about cloud chasing and did, you know, who can blow the biggest cloud competitions and all that, all that stuff. So. <laughs> Damn. Vape Nation. But yeah. Uh, now I sidetracked myself. What were we talking about? Zana. Definitely going to betray us. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm in love with Zana. No, I don't believe it. I don't want to believe it. So I like, I was, like, I I was okay with Katarina betraying us because let's be honest here. Who actually liked Katarina when you had Dude, her missions were the worst. <laughs> like we all hated Katarina. That, that, I think that was like Ooh, a worst, was worst a than Varichi missions. I mean, I hated every old master. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, see, my favorite was Leah's. I love PvPing. PvPing is super underrated in this game. Like, this league alone, the, the one thing I can appreciate from this league, I've spent over 500x in crafting PvP gear for standard. 
Now, what did you do to trick someone else into queuing so that you could do it? <laughs> There's actually there, there is a very very small community of PVPers. It's is actually that small community. You? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's just rude. No, there, there's, there's a there's a there's a good community. Like, there, there, there's a decent. No, when I say decent, I'm, I mean like twenty. But you know, <laughs> PV, PV, PVP in this game is super underrated. It's very technical, and it requires very very like unique style builds that you normally wouldn't do in a PVE situation. Yeah. I can tell you one thing. Do not bring your aura stacker into PvP. See, I can <laughs> I can I can I can Turns say, off all your goddamn auras. <laughs> that's why you have to be quick with it. <laughs> no, that's say the that. worst part, like having to switch off all your auras in PvP. Yeah, but but you've got I've got like a weapon swap and then two full bars of hotkeys so I can just like weapon swap turn on all those auras, swap back, use my alternative bar for four more, and then there's still four more that don't fit on the bar, so I have to manually look for the other four. (laughs) Because there's too many auras. Well, is it such a good PvP build that you should be using it in PvP? Nope, nope. You're dead before you get your auras on, because somebody who doesn't need to do that just wanders over and kills you while you're turning (laughs) auras on. (laughs) Great. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah, don't no aura stackers in PvP. It's bad, bad build. <laughs> Just no aura stackers in general. They're gonna nerf it in in some way because uh, still y'all probably it's not, well. So no, so it's not for the reason that it's strong. Because like Baylor said before, it's not something where you can take fifty x make it godly. You have to spend a lot of money to get it to the pivoting point of where it actually feels good compared to last league. It's not as simple yeah. as grabbing. A, you know, three large voices and throw on four passive clusters with a bunch of RMR jewels. Now it's you have to roll decent six passive cluster jewels and so forth. And even then, like last league, my spark aura stacker, I had over two billion DPS with yep. with my investment. This league, with I would say almost relative the same amount of investment, I had two hundred mil shaper DPS. It's it's about a tenth of the power for five times the price. Yeah. Which I uh, think is actually a decently balanced spot. I like that there is something that expensive and that powerful to aim for. I don't think yeah. it needs enough now. I, I think it's I think, far well, too expensive. Yeah, I the, the reason why I think Orsaka should stay is for the sole reason of you have people like myself. Who like to min max builds, and a lot of builds have that soft cap or like that short cap, I should say, where you can spend maybe up to like two mirrors, and then if you can't really do better, especially outside of this, like outside of harvest, you can only get such gear. Whereas an aura stacker, you can pretty much infinitely throw money at it and never be quite done. So it gives you something to work for, something to drive for. <laughs> I did work out in theory that I could spend about 25 mirrors on the build before I'd start questioning where to go from there. Yeah. And that didn't nece- wouldn't necessarily mean I was out, but about 25 mirrors deep is where you're like, I don't think that it's worth upgrading anything else now. 
And that's a dis- I've never had 25 mirrors. That's a disgusting amount of money. Like, that's yeah. not, I'm never going to spend that. I'm never going to have that much to spend. But the fact that there is a build that you could invest that much into, I think is a good thing. Yeah, but I mean, they're going to nerf it in general because Wisp has made a invulnerable or a immune build. And whenever there's an immune build introduced into the game, you 100% know that it's going to get nerfed next day. Yep. And of course, yep, it has not. to deal with some sort of aura stack. So aura stacking will get nerfed. Now, the only issue is in how they nerf it. Because the only real way to nerf aura stacking is to either mess with the cluster jewels. I mean, but at that point, you're also messing with party play, which a lot of the game enjoys as well. So it's there. There's a fine line that they gotta that they gotta tread on, and if they go the wrong way about it, it's 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 going to hurt. Mm. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Oh. Is there any other builds that? Or maybe yeah, not not compare in how much you can invest, but that maybe come close or like second in rank or. But other no, I mean, can you min max a lot? I mean, you can play like you know, like the mirror tier penance brand that can still do tier four seats deathless, no problem. You just cast, run away. You got Gazzy Specter build. You got, I mean, there, there's there's a bunch of builds that can do the same. But in terms of quality of life, in terms of defense wise, I don't think you can come close. Because of course, you can still get ninety all res. You can get ninety phase mitigation and still have ten k plus es with having all that damage on top. of you still can't, you can't compare that. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, but there's other build. You can still get. Yeah, there's a there's a whole host of other builds that can still do all the same content you were going to do on that aura stacker anyway for for a fraction of the price. Like it's not, it's not like it's not like that build is gatekeeping certain kind of content behind someone who can afford a four hundred x build. Right, like you yeah. can you can build. There's a there's plenty of. 30 to 50x builds that can still do all the same content. It's just not quite as smooth or not quite as mindless. Like this kind of character, you can just do a 100% delirious map with tier 4 seeds in it and, and laugh and not dodge things. But it costs you 500x to get there. Like, like it, it costs a lot of money to get to that point. But, yeah. but then, you, but get then to, you get to laugh and stand around. And but it's also one of those is if you if you invested into it early, then it didn't cost you anywhere near as much because that's that's how it was for me. I started making the build after the first five days, and everything I bought was extremely cheap because everyone thought you know or stackers are dead. They nerfed they nerfed heraldry, they nerfed endbringer, they nerfed purposeful. It's a dead build, but really it wasn't. You just had to you know crunch the numbers properly, and it, it's as you can yeah. tell now. A sought after build that just costs way too much to start. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, like, I can say an example, like the uh, Aura Cluster Jewels. For six passive I84s, I don't know what they are now, but a week ago they were at 35x plus. For a base <laughs> cluster. A base jewel, um, non-crafted, 35 to 40x. And that's if you just wanted to get to, like, the min-maxi point. Because you can use I level 84 jewels, or less than I-84, and have a, 
you know, still decent build, but if you wanted to get one of those aura stackers where you had a tremendous amount of ES and all that, you had to go with the I-84. There's no other way about it. And at the beginning of the league, you know, they were up for 100C, 1X, and then eventually shot up to 6X, and then Fast AF released their aura stacker video, and then MBX had his aura stacker video, and then it caught the eyes of a lot of Poe community, and then all of a sudden now they went from 6X to 40X. Yeah, that's crazy. And the, but the I-84 just allows you to get flat ES on the small passes. Correct. So the um, way I did my aura stacker is what I did to craft it is ID4 is, is yeah, the 35%. Right? Yeah. So it's the 35% and with the T1 int as well. Because remember, with aura stacking, you get aura effectiveness with discipline, but all discipline does is give you flat. You don't get any percentages. So the only way to actually get good ES on that build, which what a lot of people did not know, was to roll T1 int. Because a lot of the aura stacker builds you look at have 5, 6k ES. I had almost 11k ES and still had more damage than a lot, but that's because I had the mistake of rolling the jewels like everyone else at the beginning, because that's how I thought it should have been, and then I had a buddy, uh, Ruutu, he told me about the the ES cluster just at the beginning of the league, and then when I actually finally rolled the numbers after I built the character, it wasn't that big of a damage loss. It was like 5 mil damage loss, but at the cost of gaining 6k ES. So... So it ends up being like no notable, thirty five percent increased flat T1, ES, yeah, regen, life regen. So the most every jewel flaccid, <laughs> the most flaccid looking cluster jewel. Yeah, but it's still but it's everything you want. Yeah, and yeah. it's but that's only doable with harvest. Outside of this league, next league, you try to do an aura stacker, I 100% guarantee you, you will not get off the ground with the build until you spend at least 300x plus. And that's like that's... by second week, just because you don't have deterministic yeah. crafting to make the jewels. Because re-rolling suffixes was like the easiest bit to do, just and getting, oh man. Actually, not even just those cluster jewels. All cluster All jewels cluster are jewels. so goddamn hard to even feel like your most basic build now. Cluster jewels are so incredibly hard to roll without harvest. Yeah, like, so I, I don't even know if I want to plan on using cluster jewels in my league start build at all. No, I, I wouldn't. And like, so like, and that's the thing with next league. And like, if they nerf aura stacker, they don't have to nerf it that hard, just because there won't be deterministic crafting. It won't be such and such so easy to make it's it's gonna be it's extremely difficult i don't know i think it really depends on the build like if i were to quickly checking whether my mic is muted because i'm super paranoid now (laughs) (laughs) now if i were to um to league start summoner for example like i I, summoner for example gets good notes notables on the minions like even just on the large ones yeah but how do you get three of them Without garden crafting. Do you need three of them for it to be worth it? Yes. Okay. Well. Well, the thing is, it comes with two sockets already on the the thing. Like, as long as you get two good notables, I think it's okay for the two sockets, like for the split and the minion damage. Because, I don't know, depending on what summoner you get. Like, of course, there's summoners that want that summoner minion cluster up there with the plus one specters. But if you're not playing specters, which there's no reason to not play specters, but assume you were 
or let's assume redemption sentries redemption sentries get deleted from the game next league and you that want makes to no difference the only reason they scale that hard is this league because of a ridiculous helmet that's never existed before but is super easy to make and because they're fizz conversion specters that use an attack they scale so very 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 well with every single mod that can be on that helmet outside of this league redemption sentries are only just a little bit better than the next specter down and there's seven other specters i could try in a heartbeat if they literally deleted redemption sentries from the game specters would still be your best league start or definitely one of the top it would make no difference redemption sentries are not that strong the helmet is and i really hope redemption sentries don't get nerfed Purely because the helmet exists, this league that no one will be able to make again. Yeah, like, and that's, that's it's my, a harvest thing. That's my fear for next league coming is if they're gonna base nerfs around harvest crafted gear. Because yeah. if they do so, next league is going to be horrendous for a lot of people who get carried by gear essentially, and there's a lot of those that are carried by gear. An example, like I said about Delver earlier, a lot of them are carried by gear. And I just like, like, like I'm stuck on Redemption Sentries because I'm playing them now in solo self-found. And I'm telling you right now, they're not, they're only very marginally better than Solar Guards. Slave Drivers? They're all Slave Drivers, Solar Guards, the Tier 3 Harvest ones. There's um, two Synthesis Spectres that are really good. Um, like there's a whole host of them that are only just like a fraction, just like a fraction worse than redemption sentries. Like it, removing them from the game makes no difference outside of this league. The only reason they stand out this league is because they're the only ones with the exact specific kind of attacks that you would need to benefit from literally every single mod that can be on that dual influenced helmet. Mm. To the point where you can literally make a 10 link plus three. Like that's, that's what makes them broken. It's just because they can use every single mod and you can have all of them and you can just put all of them on the helmet because of harvest. And because they scale that exact perfect way, they get away with being disgustingly more powerful than every other specter in the game. Wait, t- 10 link plus three. Uh, I've, uh, I think, well, it's a four. Okay, a helmet is as... base link. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was just like wondering how that works yeah, logistically. No. <laughs> they're, yeah, they they just it basically it's just literally everything. So it's five supports and one plus three on the helmet. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. Yeah, and they and they're like the only ones that that could fully take advantage of absolutely every single support on the entire helmet, and it's. That's that pushes them to a level of disgusting, but that's never good. that hasn't happened before, and it's not going to happen again. So they're back next league. They're back down to just being, you know, good specters. Not oh my god, this is disgusting. Well, anyway, my my point was being if you don't want to play specters, then you have a lot of points investment left for a cluster jewel with like you know mm. good notables or, and or, or just don't play minions. You know, just just throwing that out there. Just don't play minions. <laughs> I've never been. A, I've never been. A, I've never played minions. I tried one, and hardcore. I tried to level a minion build and got so tired of it. I killed it off in Act Four. It's 
Really? <laughs> I actually played Animate Weapon. Animate <laughs> Weapon and Skeletons to 97 last league. I think. Yeah, it was last league. 97 Necro. Um, was in many ways probably the most progressed build that I played in SSF Hardcore so far. Although this league, I had some really good stuff as well. But yeah, thanks to Harvest, right? I mean, yeah. obviously, I made some really good ES gear and I had like a level 95 Caustic Arrow that was really neat. Probably never going to have that again in SSF because I had a Blightwell <laughs> amulet. And I've never seen that one before or after again. Like, this was the only time I had it. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to having drops mean more than the raw base to me. Or, like, a crafting base with, like, maybe one or two good mods that I can harvest craft around. I'm definitely looking forward to <laughs> having that that sense of, you know, accomplishment when I ID a good item and I'm like, wow, this is really good. Uh, yeah, when you ID, especially it's also like you ID a ring with like triple T3 res and then you're just like, oh my god. Yeah, it's so I've been handed an item. <laughs> yeah. And well, this league just, especially those triple resist items, you're like, whatever, right? Because you can just craft resist, like force tier one resists on anything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm also not not necessarily going to miss the setting up the garden. I mean, I'm not sure how I'm oh, going man. to do it uh, in the gauntlet race tomorrow. But like having to do that setup again and like buying all the things and thinking about all that stuff. The first awesome. four times that I rebuilt my garden, I really enjoyed it. It's now been about nine times, and I never want to do it again. <laughs> I did it one time, and I didn't enjoy it the first time. <laughs> uh, hmm. yeah. I guess it's just because I'm a, I'm a delver at heart. I'm just so used to, as soon as I get to maps, start hitting the delve. Don't touch nothing else, make money, and then I have money for whatever else I want to play for the rest of the league. Hmm. Do you finish your atlas when you start delving? Like, I don't do finish you... the atlas until probably either the second or third week. I'll pretty much spend almost like the whole first day casually delving to build up like my sulfite capacity and stuff like that while doing atlas completion at the same time. But then as soon as like the second, third day hits, it's nothing but delve and I wait for unique watchtons to hit the market to get the level 8 bonus. I can get more quant for the sulfite. But other than that, I, I usually won't finish that list until later on when I play a normal build. Huh. How do you gather your sulfite that early in a league? Uh, generally just missions and buying sulfite scarabs. Because sulfite scarabs early league are like 4c, 5c a pop. And when you're, when you're that early, it's, uh, especially if you like, so the whole way that you have to, if you wanted to delve from like day one and not, not this league, this league was what carried me. This league was literally, I would run my maps, you know, in a speedy fashion, like most delvers do. And I just sold seeds. My seeds literally funded all my scarabs, all my <laughs> maps and I never, I did not touch Harvest until like the third weekend, and I literally just sold everything just to continuously fund 
my scarabs and whatnot until eventually I got deep enough to where I made a decent amount of money. But outside of this league, that early getting your soul fight and stuff, generally getting help from friends using their soul fight missions and stuff like that to pick up every once in a while. And like this league, for example, like I think for the first day I did like four soul fight rotas to get that kind of setup going. And then I started solo yeah. soul fighting. Solo soul fight. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people still stick with Rotas, and that's fine. Uh, especially if you're just more so casually pushing the delve. But if you're trying to get deep fast to where it counts for a lot more money. So like, say, like, for example, this league, the first five days, me, Tuna, and uh, Zal were the top three delvers for the whole first five days. And with that much of a progression ahead of everybody else, we were getting a lot more stuff for a lot more expensive. So we were selling fractures at three and a half X each. No problem. Before anyone else got to the fractured market. And then once everyone started getting to fractured market, so that's the issue with Delve. Delve used to be a small, tight-knit community, and there wasn't very much undercutting and stuff like that. But as more leagues have gone on, and the more people doing it, because they see how much streamers like Tuna and stuff make delving, they're like, oh, it's a yeah. good money generator. And now you got people undercutting and undercutting, and and it becomes to the point where delve, it means nothing unless you're that deep at that point of the league. So if you don't start out early, it's a huge money pit later on. Hmm. So that's where solo soul fighting helps, because one rota, I'll top off a full soul fight board 65k, and usually it'll be a triple rota, three maps per person. That can take about 30 to 40 minutes, especially since it's six-man parties, whereas I can get a full 65k cap within five minutes if I do it myself. So the, that five well, minutes, it's, it's, I pushed... It's less cost-efficient, though, if you do it by yourself, right? Like you... It's less cost-efficient, but more cost-efficient in the long run. Yeah, because, because time, is money. time is money. Yeah. yeah. The, the, that's a thing that happens with like every market too, which is a, a thing that I don't understand when people look at different markets. For instance, earlier this league, I was selling 86 bone helmets, like just in bulk, just tons of them. 86 bone helmets, 35 C a piece. Yeah. And four or five of them a map. And there's only like six people selling them and we're all just sitting at like 35 and they're just they're selling like hotcakes you find four or five of them a map they sell for 35 c a piece go and you're just like hotcakes they're just gone all the time but then like two extra people enter the market wouldn't matter go ahead just put them up at 35 like everybody else they'll keep going we literally couldn't i couldn't fill a tab with them there was enough room for another 25 people to join the market and just yep. match our price and they, they all would have made money but the next person comes in for 30 and then the other guy goes oh 28 then sell mine first the other guy goes 25 sell mine first and like yep. and that's a ending cycle they were right? literally all going for 35 like there's they were they were worth 35 they were disappearing T 25 more people could have entered the market and it would have been fine I couldn't generate enough for the amount of people that wanted them. There was plenty of room for other people to join and no reason to undercut. Just none. Because they, they would have sold. 
at 35, you could have just joined and put them at the same price as everyone else. And instead, people are, like, they're taking away, like, a third of their own profit out of what I can only assume is having no understanding of how a market works. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem with, like, every market, though. <laughs> it, it's it's really sad. But that's also the nice thing about delving as well, is because when you get to, you know, 171, you're at tier 16 map, so you drop bases like no other. Mm. And if you're if you're constantly dropping jeweled foils and hubrises and stuff like that, within the first five days, you are making lots of money on bases. But yeah, like like you said, just the 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 market, the whole market idea of people coming in and undercutting is is flabbergasting. It's there's really no point, and it and it just it just once it starts, it doesn't stop. Yeah, and there was there was about a week there where I just left mine at thirty five, and I would just like fill a whole tab, and then I'd just fill the whole next tab, and none would sell for ages, and then. Those two people that were undercutting would go to sleep, and my whole tabs were just empty. Yep. And if somebody all, comes through on five, and then somebody wants eight, and then someone wants six, and then someone wants four, and then and then they're all gone. And I'm like, see, thirty five was fine, people. Why are you yeah. selling them at nineteen? What the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, it's it's the same thing with faceted fossils. Faceted fossils <laughs> have been dropping more and more every league. Like, I think right now they're probably, what, like, 40C, 30C for a faceted fossil to make your plus three, plus five bows. Literally, yeah. the whole first three weeks, I've, I conjured up about 60 faceted fossils, and I've left them at 1X the whole league, and I've sold every single one. <laughs> Instead of selling it for 20, 30, 40C, it's, I've yeah. literally just left it. And it's just so people that are impatient. Just don't get into the undercutting war. When you're in a market that you know is worth an amount, yeah. just let the idiot people sell cheap, and when those sell out, they'll come back to you. That's you fine. have to know the market very well in order to be able to make that call successfully, though. Yeah. That comes with time and experience, of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I can totally see why people who, like Jack just has been pointed out, people who play for two hours a day, well, yeah, they probably don't get to deep delve, but people who, who don't play as much, I could totally see why they would want to make a fast sale because they're like, I'm not going to be online later. I won't be able to sell it. I want to I sell it now because then, I want to buy that specific piece of upgrade gear. But then that leads me to think if it's a, like a base item, like a, like a fossil or like just a base bone helmet or something like that, what... what what leads someone to go, oh, the price is 35, I'm going to put mine up for 29 because I want a quick sale? I think it's, it's, uh, Why don't you just put it up at 34? Why do you undercut people by, by a large margin when you could just undercut by 1C if you're in... Just be the cheapest one. What, what happens? Why do they go... Why do they drop like a quarter of the price? Like, what's going on with that? What happens in that person's brain that they know. go... Like I'll just short myself 10C for no reason. Like what? I don't know how to what extent price fixing still exists in that realm, but like there is some people who list things for significantly less than they're worth in order to kind of bait other people into listing them for less than they're worth and then they buy that up. But 
yeah, I could also see like people just just undercut, and then the next person undercuts the undercutter, and another piece person undercuts the undercutter, and eventually, like you know, the twenty nine C guy that you're talking about, he's been AFK for an hour, so like people messaged him to buy it, but they didn't get it, so it's still there listed for twenty nine, while the ones listed for thirty, thirty one, thirty two, thirty three, thirty four are all sold out because those people weren't AFK. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the price fixing is more on like higher ticket items. I don't think people normally price fix bases. Not normally. I haven't had any price fixing. Well, in order to price fix, you need like capital though, because you need to own the items that you price fix, right? And a significant amount of them. Or like at least a non-negligible one. And so like obviously people who hear about price fixing who are like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do like, I'm going to play the market. I'm going to be like, you know, I'm going to be a big economy giant this league. They they you don't, have, don't have the capital, so they price fix something lower. I mean, I've seen people do, do that with like really shitty items that are really niche picks. It's been pointed see, out on Reddit as well. That's something I like about the Delph community because there's a lot of us who stand behind each other and like for example, fractured fossils, people were just constantly dropping them, but for, like, the... Well, in general, like, when you buy bulk, it's more expensive, right? Because you're, you're buying at bulk price. But even then, like, we'll stand together, and, like, the people that have, like, the bigger bulk, we, we'll put, not price it just a little bit more, but, for example, fractured fossils at the beginning, me and a good bit of other, you know, fairly fast, deep delvers, we pretty much just kept it at 4x the whole time, and just... Let anyone else undercut themselves, but pretty much gradually brought up the prices again. <laughs> but that's that's only with such a small community. Of course, that doesn't work for like div cards and bases and stuff like that. But you know, little things here and there for certain stuff, you can you can have an influence of some sort, especially if you have. A so you're doing opposite opposite price fixing, basically. You're like a fixing. you're like a like a I'll fossil a price, cartel. I was a price influencer, I'd like to say. Not price <laughs> a price influencer. <laughs> a price influencer. Like, every time someone say, you're price fixing in chat, I'd be like, no, I'm price influencing. Uh, yeah, it gives a that, more positive sound. I, I like isn't it. there a term for that in real life? I'm pretty sure that's illegal in real life. <laughs> Is it? Like, yeah, if you're running saying. a company and you and three <laughs> other companies provide the same service and yeah. you all just quietly get together and say, you know what, we're we'll not going to go price, below yeah. this price. And also, in three months' time, we're all going to up our price by 10%, all of us, all at once. Isn't that technically illegal? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, but that's why we play video games, right? <laughs> I'm I mean, it's, you're right. It's not illegal here, but I'm pretty sure that that's illegal. That, yeah, it's monopolies. <laughs> yeah, price gouging. I, don't, I don't know what it's called, but I'm, I'm sure you're not allowed to do it in real life. Well, I mean, <laughs> depends on the country. I suppose there is places where you could do it. <laughs> oh, I'm also sure it happens in real life a bunch. Oh, yeah, for but, sure. But it's I definitely mean, illegal. <laughs> most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so some people like to to play PoE because they wouldn't scam people in real life, so they can scam some people in PoE. But oh Claudia, man, Cloudy is just pulling out the unethical economic strats. <laughs> the the amount of the amount of scams and how much it's 
evolved, I should say, from like just a few leagues ago. Like, for example, you know, before it used to be like, oh, the six six, six link scam. I'm gonna give you something that looks like it's six link, but it's not. Or six especially link on now. the ones that is hard to see on, like a yeah, card extract but, or something. But now it's the whole exalted scams. I'm gonna put. 11x 100c oh wait i messed up and then you reput 2x and 100c and then most people don't realize it and then they get shafted 10x like the the, 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 the <laughs> because amount of the two like, looks like an 11 <laughs> yeah like the, the, okay. where where do you get the idea i mean yes these scams exist but where do people get the idea that these happen all the time oh they don't have all just, the time is it just it, i think i think it's the influence of uh probably reddit and like Gamer for Life as well, you know. Gamer for Life does occasionally show these scams, and because, so like, I play several like, hundred hours a month, like a lot, and I've had maybe two scam attempts in twenty five thousand hours worth of playing. It is super rare. It actually really, really isn't common. That's surprising. But Reddit would lead me to believe that it is incredibly common, and that people get scammed on a daily basis. And yeah, then they like, really have. And then, like, you always need to be on guard all the time because every second trade you do will be a scam. But it just doesn't happen. Like, it's so rare. <laughs> but I think, I think the biggest items that I've been, like, for I think I've been scam attempted, like, a good, like, six times this league already. And it's always divination cards. Always. Hmm. Now I'm talking about in terms of selling. In terms of selling, they'll always do the. I'm gonna put the one X and the chaos, and hopefully you don't notice it. Here's here's how here's how good it actually is. On at least six different occasions over the last two or three years, I have scammed myself by accidentally paying someone like significantly more than I was meant to. Or giving someone a doctor when I meant to give them a nurse, or like accidentally having a stack of ten exalts instead of one when I was meant to be paying them one. I have reversed scammed myself five times in the last two years, <laughs> and five of those times, one hundred percent of the time, the person I have been trading with has been like, uh, "Excuse me, sir, you made a mistake." Uh, you you gave this is a stack of exalts. It was only one. Here's here is your nine back. But okay, so when it comes to that, I feel like it's different <laughs> for you because you know you're you have a name for yourself. So being the okay, guy that no, there's a the tiniest portion of the POE community as a whole will know my name. Most people I train with have no fucking clue who I am. Mm, I, I've self-scanned myself plenty of times, and I tell you what, I've never gotten any of that back. Well, I, I, I wanted to point that out, though, with, the, like, the, I've seen those posts on Reddit as well. Like, just in the last couple of days, I think there was two different people who had that exactly happen with the paying too many X and then getting messaged back. There is a, there's quite some respectable traders. I wonder... If a lot of that is because of the kind of trades that I make most of the time. Maybe. Like, most of the time, I'm not trading for individual things. I'm trading in things in bulk and big expensive items from people who have got hundreds of them. And Yeah, versus, like, smaller things. And, like, 
Yeah, like, so I'm buying for people who want to keep a decent reputation most of the time because I'm I'm like, you know, I would like 250 of this scarab and 800 of those. And also if you've got 300 sextants and 27 unique watch tones, I'll take those as well. And so those people who want to sell that sort of thing in the bulk that I buy. Yeah, generally, generally bulk is get a bad name. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's the one thing I enjoy about Hardcore as well. Hardcore is such a small community. You screw somebody over, you pretty much screw yourself over. And that was the nice thing about Hardcore. It's it's very, very hard to get scammed in Hardcore, in my opinion. Compared to Softcore, at least. It's just such a small community. It's just like one bad mess up and you're, you're out there. And that's the same thing with the Delph community. For example, like Soulfight Road is. You join Global 840, which is the main channel for Soulfight Rotas. You scam in a Rota, you're pretty much not going to get in another Soulfight Rota. That's just how it is. It's, yep. it's the- you get to do that exactly one time. And then, too, too bad. I hope you enjoy yep. your one Rota worth of Soulfight. No one's going to see you again. <laughs> That's awesome. I have never, never delved so much in trade leaks. I mean, I don't play that many trade leaks so, to begin with, but even when I did, I didn't mainly focus on delve, so I'm completely unaware of that sort of etiquette and um, the manners in uh, sulfite rotations. Oh, yeah. You put a bad map in, just say bye. You're not doing another rota. You put a bone crypt in, like Crucial saying, yeah, that's, you're, you're not getting another rota. If, if you're not putting. You'll be forgiven for mistakes. Like, if you accidentally put a map in that's got Reflect on it, and that doesn't happen all the time, but it, you, like, it happened once, and you're like, oh, shit, I'm so sorry, I did not see that. And yep, you replace really? it with another map, and you go again. Everyone just forgives it. But if you put in Bone Crypt, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to run that map. <laughs> like, that's not a mistake. That's you being silly. No one wants, no one wants in that map. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Like uh, they're the not word? they're not like elitist about it. It's not like it's not like one mistake and you're out, but it's you know dumb things. Like you shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> I, I'm I, sorry for the noob question, but what's so bad about bone crypts? So when you it run, comes, you want to be in and out of every map in twenty seconds. Yeah, because then if you got a if you got a six man party running three maps each of bone crypt, you can only imagine the time it would take to find all the sulfite. And not on top of that as well, is a lot of people don't have a character outside of a Delve ZHP character, so they're very prone to die. And when you get a map with doorways and stuff like that, for example, like Bone Crypt, Cells, and stuff like that, you die, you you lose out on the soul fight for the rest of that map, and you get screwed. So You just just, want things like Cove and Beach. Cove, Canyon, Beach, Promenade, anything that's linear, quick, and you're not potentially going to get shot from around the corner and die and then mauled yeah. and then quit the rota and then get banned from the rotas and so forth and the idea is if you if realistically if you're in any map for more than 30 seconds it's taken way too long like it should just you load in everyone loads in you go running real quick and you go pick up a node pick up a node pick up a node out launch the new map no one's running the map no one's there to kill monsters you don't I don't even think people go to the boss anymore. We used to. 
But oh, I did that the other day, not in the sulfide roller, but I, I tried to spawn Awakener several times in softcore permanent so I could practice the fight. <laughs> and that was a grind, dude. Oh my god. First Awakener <laughs> spawn is okay, right? Like, okay, first I needed to get all the completion, just run a legacy map, kill the boss, get all the completion, right? And then, or most of the completion, I didn't have a legacy tier 16, but I did like a tier 14 or something like that. It was fine. It's more than enough completion. But then, like, yeah, yeah spawning all the Conquerors is, is easy the first time, the, the first couple of times until you get the Cirrus, and then it, damn, I, did, I really didn't like it, honestly, how long it takes to get back to that Cirrus fight. Especially, like, I, I think, I don't know, like, at first I said it would be fine if it took that long if you won it, but if you lose it, you kind of want to get back to it and try it again, and then it just feels like, it feels unfair that it takes longer to get back to the fight than it took the first time that you spawned it. Hmm. I don't know, it just feels like so much more work to actually get a, a fight spawned. But, you know. I think my main complaint, it's actually, it's it's far easier than when the new atlas first came out when you didn't have an idea and it wasn't generated every so map you had to find that certain map to get it where it was like yeah. a real like yeah, like sure. when, it's much atlas first, when atlas first came out i made so much money because i was red tier mass by then by not even close to the end of day one because i figured out the method for it before everybody else was so i was selling maps like crazy for you know 10 20 c a pop and when then you the say when atlas first came out you mean when conquerors first came out like 3.9 yeah, so, okay yeah uh, so like when that first released when it wasn't like almost like a deterministic way of spawning conquerors when it was completely random but it wasn't random there was a way to do it and i had figured out how to do that and then, so, like, I was far ahead of the curve. I was in red tier maps while everyone was still struggling with, like, the first four watch thens. And then they came out with the patch, and then everyone caught up to me within five hours, and then I was extremely upset because they just made it too <laughs> easy. And my same, the same thing with the Cyrus fight, the Awakener. It's so trivial to do now, especially this league. It won't be like that next league, probably, because you don't have the whole chance to upgrade Awaken Gem and... I mean, now you still got these Awaken support div cards, but that's besides the point. Because, like, right now, you do a Cyrus, there's really nothing that's going to give you money. It's it's almost pointless to do. There's still, like, two Woke Gems that are worth a bit. But when I say a bit, it's still a lot, but it's, like, a third what they're normally worth. Yeah. And then everything else is garbage. And then, especially for, like, people like me, I was a big boss carry guy. And I made lots of money doing boss carries for Cyrus, and then they, 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 the first rendition of Cyrus was horrible. The whole stairs thing, I, I can't oh, tell God, you how stairs. many times I have died on those stairs because the meteor spawns and you can't get that. That <laughs> honestly was the dumbest <laughs> thing that they ever did. I was, I was actually furious. But then they made it so they got rid of the stairs, and then it was still fine. The, the fight was still somewhat hard. Clouds would follow you. But now it's like clouds run away from you. The, the fight's easier than Uber Elder. It's, it's, it's not really an endgame boss anymore, in my opinion. I feel like it's easy once you get the hang of it, but it's very, very hard to get the hang of it. You have to do the fight many, many times, and because it's gated behind such a long way to get there, I feel it's very... It takes a long time, especially for someone who doesn't play full-time, to fully learn the fight. 
Like, I definitely would. <laughs> Sorry, no nice. one's listening. I'm just watching the dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice dog. <laughs> right. What? Uh, I don't know. I was also watching the dog. I wasn't listening to what I said myself either. Um, uh, no, what I was saying was that uh, I feel that the fight is, yeah, once you get the hang of it, it's not really as hard as Uber Elder mechanically or something like that. But it's really, really hard to get the hang of it because the visibility is so poor and it's so unintuitive compared to the other fights from how it works, essentially. And that combined with the fact that it's so inaccessible, because by the time you get to Uber Elder, you already fought Elder like three times. You already got a flavor of all that. You already maybe fought Shaper before. You already knew the two components. So you knew a lot of the mechanics in the fight already, even though Uber Elder is still yeah. like a number higher than Shaper or Elder. But I just feel like Awakener is just a fight that's a bitch to learn because it's just, you just like, never see fair. it ever. Like, I think if you could just retry it, it would be trivial for a lot of people if they could just be like, okay, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to do Cyrus, 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 whatever, however you pronounce it. And I'm just going to do it Cyrus. over and over again until I succeed. Most people, even your casual players that have Cirrus down in four or five attempts total. And yeah, then a few more times at it and it would be trivial for them because it's, it's a very light mechanical fight and you need very little DPS to get it done. Even at Awaken 8. Like yeah. Once you've got it mechanically down, it's a very easy fight. It's it's just like Kat said, it's only the distance between attempts that's really a problem. If you gave almost any casual person who's ever reached there before five or six attempts at it in a row so that they could practice it, then I think it would just become trivial for most people. Yeah. Well, I but guess I it makes like sense. How it is. Please, Claudia. I feel like that's how it is now, though, after all the different renditions yeah. did for the Awakener. Yeah, it was significantly harder at, at the beginning. I actually very much preferred the clouds chasing you. It actually, um, it, in my opinion, it actually made doing Awakeners even faster if you knew how to maneuver the clouds properly. But it also gave that, that adept of, it, if you mess up, it's, it becomes much harder because of cloud management, but now there's no real managing needed. Yeah, clouds just move away from you. <laughs> they just make room for you now. Like, oh, sorry, am I in your way? Let me let me just back the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think I think that was. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I really don't like that. Yeah. Hmm. Eh. I don't think that the whole community thinks Cirrus is a cakewalk. I just, just think it's a different yeah. kind of difficult than Uber Elder. It's like a... I don't know. I mean, that's the difference between the casual players and then players like us who spend countless hours a league playing. Well, it's, it's purely because we play enough that we got the practice early close enough together to make a difference. Yeah. Because, because like, it took me... I think the first four attempts, I didn't even kill him when it came out. But the thing is, I did my first six attempts over two days. And so yeah. they were close enough together that I got to learn and retain that information. And so by the time you've done, you know, three or four days worth of it, now I've fought him 10, 12, 15 times and I've got it down and now it's fine. Whereas... 
that's the issue with it being like the the casual people that struggle with it is it's it's because they've got so much less playtime that even if they're playing just as efficiently as me, they fight Cirrus once and then they don't get to try it again for four or five more days. Yeah. And that's not very good practice. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, now what were the problems I had last Saturday when I fought him last? There was something halfway through the fight that I was struggling. I can't remember what it was. Shit, I'm just going to have to go in and do it again. And then, and and like, then you get up and by the that, dime. <laughs> yeah, it's just that, that distance between attempts that... That that makes it a lot more difficult to learn if you don't have a higher playtime. I think, like now that we're familiar with the fight, it wouldn't matter. It doesn't matter if I don't fight him for a month, and then I come back next league and fight him again. It's fine. I know it. I'm familiar. I'm comfortable. I'm done. But until you learn it, it's, it's a rough way to learn things when you've got to be that far apart from like practices or games yeah. at it. But then, like, but that is like at the same time because of how lightly mechanical Cyrus is, you can do it almost on any DPS build. It's not something where the longer you drag out the fight, the harder. It's just the same three, four things over and over and over. And then you got something like Uber Elder, where if you don't have the damage and you're like only okay with the mechanics, it can still be really rough if you don't have that damage to oh, deal yeah. with the tentacles. Or the the, oct- the octopi leaving degen on the ground and having yeah, to worry yeah. about placing the shaper balls. Because <laughs> I I tell you what I think it was um when was it I think it was betrayal league I that's when I went back into hardcore and did uber elder first time in hardcore I tell you what doing uber elder with only a hundred k dot damage that was a very <laughs> very long and intense fucking fight. Dude, I killed yeah. my first Uber Elder on a Frostblades build with 200k DPS. <laughs> yeah, like, when, when you don't have that damage, that fight becomes so much harder. It's not a matter of phasing it instantly, it's you literally yeah. have to be mechanically sound to do Uber Elder. Whereas, it's not as bad with, with Awakener, which I think as a new endgame boss, he should be somewhat kind of buffed in a set. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was also like what chat is saying, like uh, I think the the block capped uh, recovery on block meta is just also full on going right now, which which trivializes a lot of things. Yeah. It's it's just while it's not in every build, as Balor pointed out, it's just one of the best ways at the moment to get your defenses sorted out. And with yep. glancing blows on the tree, it's so easy to fit in. For a lot of builds. For some, it's harder to fit in than before. But mm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if glancing blows. In my opinion, glancing blows is a, is a noob trap. Really needs to exist. Well, it's sort of... I think a lot of... I don't know if it's a noob trap, but I think a lot of people take it when they shouldn't. Yeah. I think it's really good if you don't have a decent way of getting um, more more block than that, right? But if you can actually get proper block cap, that is immensely better. Yeah, obviously. Like, but it's just it's really, worth the really, really low investment. investment. To get uh, be- to get blocked for the recovery because 
glancing blow is there. People choose not to invest a little further to get real block cap. Because they're like, ah, I can just get glancing blow cap. But investing further and getting real block cap is, is significantly better. It feels like a forehead statement when, like, normally, yeah, I mean, it's quite obvious, but it's so much less investment. It's like literally just bone offering, Mistress of Sacrifice, and Dancing Blows. Yeah. I'm not saying that as a summoner you couldn't get good block elsewhere and, like, get block capped at least for attacks quite easily. Or as a Necro, it doesn't have to be a summoner, right? Necro is so versatile nowadays. But... Yeah, it's just such a cheap option, especially early on. Yeah, I mean, later on, I would tell you. days when you would block cap yourself using Nightmare Jewels. <laughs> Which ones were those? The blue ones I or the green ones? I forgot those existed. Blue, the, blue, the blue ones give spell block. The red ones give attack block. And of course, they're, they're calculated through all the inner nodes that give you all res. So, if, for example, as a Scion, you can get Necro as a Scion, get Bone Offering, and then right under there where you have those res nodes and the Jewel Socket, you can put the blue one there to buff up, like, seven block, spell block, and then you're just adding on top of that to get proper block, cap block versus Glancing Blow yep. strat. Hmm. There's, a lot, there's a lot of things in the game that people don't realize they do what they do only because it's not meta. But there are very, very good stuff in game that a lot of people don't know about still. Hmm. The only reason I know about them is because of PvP, to be quite fair. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that'll do it. When you have okay. to go about your ways and finding nonchalant and uh weird ways to put together a build it definitely helps i kind of wish kind of wish pvp was like actually not a meme and was good well, and fun well, and so apparently it. they've talked with the poke community and in po2 they will be pretty much revitalizing the whole pvp scene cuz like you know really? like right now it's a joke there's no rewards and stuff like that but apparently in po2 there should be a uh, they're supposed to be taking a, a look back into PvP. That'd be cool. That's why it's taking so long. <laughs> like, I don't mind <laughs> PvP. I, I would like for that to be a real thing. Right now, it's literally a joke. Like, it's not a real thing. Come on. I mean, I, I honestly... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know where you got that from, but I, I don't know how to, to what extent you can trust the legitimacy of the source. Because when I started playing Path of Exile... Like, right when I started, they did the PvP League, right? The League where they imp implemented Leo, and, and and they said, like, even... I remember well, Chris Wilson explicitly saying on the podcast that he hopes that everyone gets exposed to Leo's PvP-ness. And uh, <laughs> it was a big uh, meme and laugh. And, uh, yeah, there was these PvP tournaments, and then all of a sudden, like, afterwards, like things went really silent around PvP and like no one really seemed to be continuously interested. And later on, 
I don't remember exactly where or when, but in an interview or in a in a like written interview or or recorded video interview, Chris Wilson said that they felt that they made a mistake back then because they put so much time into making the thing and then it didn't become a thing, and so they they really knew how that they they have to double down on the PVE experience and that trying to make PVP a thing wasn't a great idea at that time, but then in the meantime they also had the the battle royale kind of thing, right? So hmm. that battle royale thing was so weird. You played it? I I did not enjoy it. Let's just say I never made it past the first circle. <laughs> That's so weird that you say that now. Like you're so fond of PvP on the one hand, but then you didn't enjoy that. But I guess back then was that, a different. That, the whole battle royale thing was completely RNG based because there is OP skill gems at level one compared to other skill gems so that was completely rng based for the battle royale well, and not like a good arguably RNG that's balance. almost almost in every battle royale the loot that you get when you first land matters right it to an extent like so for example like fortnite PUBG, call of duty you can kind of combat yourself but like when that battle royale thing came out if you got like split arrow you pretty much beat everybody because you have no fizz mitigation and split arrow does a crap ton of flat and you can pretty much just just kill everyone in the beginning i remember in the beginning split arrow builds with a tabula and stuff like that were the winners but i quickly saw like a counter meta emerging of people running with ultra fast movement speed and frost blades like running up to the split arrow guys and just <laughs> instantly freezing them and knocking them yeah. down it was kind of interesting. I do really see the point of the the meta was boring and stale, but like for the one day it was fun. And if it was like with a uh, you know limited skill selection, like a lot of variants, pretty much like you get your daily lap. If there was like a daily battle royale sort of challenge with like a selection of random skills, support gems available and stuff, could be interesting. But it's, that's just one of many ways how I can see. GGG revitalizing PoE if uh, PVP and PoE if they choose See, to do so. If they, in my opinion, what would be extremely fun is like they had like a not I don't know not daily but like if there is an ops like you know in the PVP ladder well you may not know but you can queue up for one v ones two v two three v threes and capture the flag. Uh and when you actually play like three v threes and capture the flags like because like I said there's a small poke community that actually does that. When you message them and you actually all want to gather around, it's really fun. It's different. But if they were to implement something like you can queue up for kind of like a battle royale, let's say you get, uh, for example, a reef, a reef map. You queue up and you have players with their own builds placed in a reef map. And then you PvP it out in a reef map. That that sounds like something that could be potentially fun versus your yeah your PvP with pre-made builds rather than starting from scratch. See, that I really enjoy that idea of not being able to bring your pre-made stuff in. That's what first got me into competitive gaming again. Was actually um, when I uh, started playing League of Legends. I really like that every round was like closed in itself and came to an end and next time everyone starts again from scratch and that's what i really dislike about poe is probably my biggest 
dislike for this game type of action RPG is just that the reset takes three months every single time. And if I could, I would just be playing one week leagues like every time, like short races. And I can really can't wait until we get more frequent races so that I'm motivated enough to become good at races again. I think right if, now if I'm just GGG terrible. actually got into it and were to host like monthly races, that'd be a a fun thing. I don't know about a week. Week, maybe, maybe two to three week races. But I like, I like, I like month. Month is a really good length for me. One month, entire month. Yeah. Well, usually the month is about when I get bored. So month is not bad, and a month it lets you actually kind of accumulate and do the things you want to do, versus like, example, eight day gauntlet race. Now you're you're gated behind. Doing certain things for certain times, and you know, it's it, it 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 not as much versatility. It's very straightforward. It is versus like a month long race. It's you have much more time to be versatile and actually do stuff that you need to do. Especially for like the casual players that want to get into racing. Like, oh hey, look a race! I want to join. Oh, it's only eight days. Well, I'm only gonna be able to play like two days out of those eight days, and they they're just not. Yeah. They have no. It's not going to get better when they play a month. Like, that's why I'm saying, like, that's why I like short events, like anything below eight hours, because then even a casual player can play from start to end because they can, you know, build their day around and be like, okay, at that point, there's a PoE race. I can just have dinner early and go to bed late. And then we're going to, we're going to know life these couple hours. And, uh, and then that's fair. I, I have the same chances at winning as someone who has like a very limited time investment into PoE as someone who's no lifing at heart because. Like I said earlier, I'm pretty bad at depriving myself of sleep. So like I always feel I'm at a severe disadvantage in these long races because I, I just can't function on four hours of sleep for more than like two days in a row. Yeah, see. If I really do wish I enjoyed racing because that's I got a one up on nearly everyone on that. I can do three hours sleep a night for two to three weeks straight before that catches me. Yeah. And still be fine. Yep. Like, that's, I can do that. It, eventually it'll catch Sounds up. Sounds like a miserable life. For like 20 hours. But, but I can do two or three weeks on three hours a night and it'll be fine. I've, I've literally been on a two, three hour sleep schedule. Well, not lately, but pretty much since high school till probably the last few months, I've literally only slept two, three hours a day. And that's between working full time, streaming full time, and then league starts happening. That's that's literally me go for forty hours straight the first first two days, sleep for three, then go for another like thirty, then sleep for another three, and then continuously go at that pace. Damn, I am jealous now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. trust me, it's, it's, it's going to bite us in the ass later. And once we once we hit that pivotal point, we're going to be like, damn, I need 12 hours of sleep. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to hit like 40 one day and just be like, oh, good. Now I need 12 hours of sleep a day every day. Like, I'm going <laughs> to spend the next 20 years of my life catching up for the last 20 years of my life. Yeah, <laughs> right? Really? Exactly. Because I, I think as I, as I get older, I get more and more fine with like on, on less sleep <laughs> for me personally. So maybe we're just reverse there. The reverse aging. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Now we're we're be- we're pretty much worked through the entire list. Everything's going good. Uh, the the just quickly what I'm curious in 
Cloudy, did you say what build you're going to play tomorrow in the gauntlet? Uh, I'll be chaos slinging. Chaos slinging, right, right. Balor, what would you have played if you were to play? If you let other people bully you into playing? Uh, I'd have started with VD and moved into Spectres. All right. And when would you have transitioned into Spectres? Because a lot of people say, say that's problematic with the, with the added damage mods for the survivability of the monsters, of the minions you that you send. You can't kill redemption sentries. Okay. You just can't. I just heard they get obliterated in the garden. If that, if that happens, then the people running them are bad. <laughs> Shots Straight out. I like it. Um, I, don't know. I don't know what to say. If your redemption sentries die, you need to look at your build because it's shit. If they're dangerous at all, if they're even remotely dangerous at all, you're already next to Indomitable Army, which you never had to take because they're in no danger ever. If the all-mod map makes them dangerous, just fill out that Indomitable Army wheel. It's four points. It's a four-point difference between your standard build and now your super turbo build. Like, whatever. <laughs> that'll fix them. All right. All right. Like, they so can't die. Come on. Spectres. Chaos Slinger. I'm probably probably gonna be cold damage over time and going against the like going against my inner feeling like I wanna play occultist, but I'm caving into the trickster hype because I think trickster is gonna be stronger very end. If I well, get all the so gear together. You, you say that, but remember in the China race, the highest non melee build was an occultist. Cold damage over time, occultist, level ninety five. Or I don't remember the dot, but I mean, Chaos Slinger versus Cold Dot, they're very, very similar. Uh, and, and to an extent, but yeah. they're, they're somewhat similar. But just as you would think, as a Chaos Slinger, you'd much go the Trickster because you're slinging everything from far away. Or in, 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 in eventually, you know, to do red maps, you go self cast ED Contagion. Right. But even at that point, the Occultist was. Technically, the highest minus when like Venture and others died on the Trickster. It's just harder to die on a Trickster than to die on an Occultist. I think Occultist has its fair advantages with the curses, especially in a in a Turbo League. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, but are you using the curses? That's the question. I feel like you went on a Cold Dot build, no? These blasts, well, yeah, you get to the frigid people. wake, and then if you're going CI, you're probably taking Vile Bastion for the stun immunity while you have ES, so you can only get Profane Bloom. For the, yeah, then one curse for the explosions for sure. But how do you apply the curses? Because I've been thinking, you know, like ideally you want to run hatred and malevolence, so you don't have any, any place for blasphemy. Uh, no, whenever I played the Cold Dot builds, I never ran Hatred. I only ran Malevolence with Curses, but that's yeah. mainly on Hardcore. I always I always catered around to playing on the more defensive side. Okay, okay. so you, you take the Reduced Mana Reserve Cluster, and then you run two, like, Double Blasphemy and uh, Malevolence. Yep, especially okay. on a Turbo League, I think that would be big, especially with it being LMP, Turbo, and Fizz's Extras. Having Enfeeble and Temp Chains on all the time would be pretty, yep. pretty... Big. Yeah, the AOE is not there's, that there's big no unless you invest to counter that turbo. Yeah. Well, if you cold damage over time, it's pretty good. It's pretty good already. The, the yeah, but eventually you get that with the chill and the micro chills from a cultist. I think yeah. Trickster is tankier early, but you can deal with early in Quarry. Yeah. Whereas in that. your proper endgame gear, 
a cultist is way safer, I think. Yeah, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, temp chain stacking with chill is it's so strong, especially especially in a turbo league. And especially yeah, if you so we've gone full circle. So I'm back to occultist now. <laughs> if you somehow end up getting a spider and you can get aspect of the spider in with temp chains, I don't oh, think yeah, I that's ever attempt the spider on this league. If I were to even get it, I don't think I would even attempt to do it. But you don't have to do it because aspect of the spider gear drops and you can just harvest True. it into what you want. True. <laughs> So if you get spider, Thonkers. if you get spider, you will suddenly be playing in a league that's slower than the normal game because you've got spider, chills, and temp chain, and that will not just counter the turbo, but actually be slower. But then you also have to adjust your playstyle with that as well. Because then you have to move yeah. faster to make sure everything is in the curse range. But generally, when you get into the endgame scenario for Cold Dot, in my opinion, you're self-casting. You're not spell-slinging. Spell-slinging does not get the damage of self-cast. And if you're self-casting... Absolutely, absolutely. Vortex, like, spell-slinging is only ever a device yeah. and for, so, uh, and for so leveling. The, when it comes down to that, when you, once you get to that self-casting stage, I don't think you can build a, build, beat an occultist for Cold Dot. Just because you have to be upfront with the enemies. Your Ghost Shrouds and Max Block will only carry you so far. Yeah. But, but you don't have to be Vortex, right? You can do, do Creeping Frost. I mean, yeah, yeah, both, yeah. kind of. But yeah, you can do yeah. Creeping Frost and Wintertide. <laughs> and Cold Snap. I mean, there's so many cold damage over time skills now. Well, I mean, I think the trick is to use all of them. but All four? I mean... There's significantly more damage in a six link with two separate five links instead of a six link. Mm. It's actually significantly more damage. And then you've got two pseudo five link spots. Your gloves and your helmet can both be five links as well. You can end up with four cold damage over time, five links. It's more buttons to press, but it's significantly more damage. Yeah. Damn. See? I thought I knew what I was going to do, but now I'm completely undecided. Back to square one. Because <laughs> I was like VD Spellslinger at first, right? VDDD Spellslinger. Turns out there's a bug where spawning monsters that grant frenzy charges to allies when killed with Desecrate will grant frenzy charges to nearby enemies because you spawned them dead. So... Yeah, because monsters get significantly higher bonuses from frenzy charges than players. That's 15% attack and cast speed per frenzy charge for a total of 45 on top of the leak mod 20%, right? And that's mm. like super monka S. I did not know about that bug. Yeah, I only heard yeah. about it like two days ago when I excessively practiced and people were like, wait, you're going to go VD Slinger? And I'm like, yeah, sure, it's great. And I was like, Do you, don't you know about the Desecrate bug? And I'm like, what? And then, yeah, people told me. And yeah, that's apparently the reason Yikes. why most big people also switch to, to Trickster CI ED Contagion, right? So, Yikes. but I don't want to cave into the Trickster ED meta. It's like, I find it super boring, and I've played my fair share of ED in the past. And I, th I played ED Contagion and Synthesis uh, flashback. And then afterwards, when Legion was announced, everyone before Legion already was like, oh man, ED is going to be the Legion build. And then when Legion came out, ED was the Legion build. And, it was like, and everyone was like, yeah, well. So I, I, 
yeah, specifically stayed away from it because I didn't want to play the build that was the obvious best choice. I just rather wanted to try other things. And sadly, in between then and now, it has not changed. It's always been one of the, if not the, obvious best choice. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Or just go defy all the odds. Do Steel Mage go uh, Scion Melee? Scion Melee? <laughs> yep, Wait, Steel Scion? is doing... He's doing Scion Bleed Melee. Well, basically and like his Lacerate Glad last China. Pretty much, pretty much like Lacerate Glad, but you get Bone Offering and you get Necro and Glad. So you get Bone yeah. Offerings, you get the Life Regen on block, you get kept Block. And... I don't know. In my opinion, Scion is the best class. Can't change my mind. I have far more Scion. Scion is pretty good, but you don't want to play like the first half of the game in all mods with Scion. You just want to kill yourself. Oh yeah, I, I, trust me. The first three days of practice was uh, me trying to do Scion, and I said, nope, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, that was awful. <laughs> but yeah, Scion, you just go Necroglad. You get crap ton of block, life regain from Bone Offering, and then when you go two-handed, then you don't have to about, you worry about having life regen. You just gain life on block as a two-hander, as a scion with lead. Block-capped two-hander with life on block. Yep, because bone offering. Yeah, that's crazy. Gladiator's got the 25% more damage with bleeding. Chance to blind on hit, which you'll blind all the time. That's great. Wow, that's actually gross. Yeah, you can use staffs. Staffs would be the easier option to go. Yeah, that's actually interesting. Well, I'm definitely going to follow that. See, this race that is going to be so much fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this league will be interesting, for sure. It's going to be really interesting to see how Steel wins this race. <laughs> uh, I, I think Lily's going to give him a run for his money as long as she doesn't mess up. Yeah. As long as she doesn't deprive herself of sleep too much. Mm, so so her, her comment on that is the reason she died is when she woke up. So the problem was is that she went to sleep. <laughs> I think a lot of people would describe the problem as tanking porcupines without bone offering up. Yeah, I watched that clip multiple times. I think if she were to be more cautious and actually dashed away one more time, she would have been fine, but... Hey, right. That's, 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 that's hardcore. It happens to the best of us, exactly. I, I think she'll give Steel a good run for his money, though. No, and also other people pointed out, like, you know, the China race was only like 150, 200 people internationally. But um, here oh, we really? have like 2,000 people in total. Like, that's oh, the entire not, that, league is full. I mean, and there's like so many good players that. I mean, uh, it's not. Well, it's you, you there's not 2,000 competitors. Out of, out of that no, there's 2,000, also, there's probably honestly going to only be close. There's to more 100. main players, like more and more, yeah. you know, large like competitors. I think in this league than in the China race. A lot of obscure people. A lot of people, yeah, that can't play on China for whatever reason or don't want to. Yeah. Uh, I, I think maybe in this league out of the 2,000, maybe at most 300 will do decent. I would have I guessed 100. 
Yeah, that that was my initial. But to give the benefit of the doubt, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say three hundred for the benefit of the doubt. And I'm not even including myself on that one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully not me either. Well, anyway, uh, we actually, despite Badger being so silent and not saying anything to all these interesting topics, we managed to fill the, time, fill the time quite nicely. Mm. Uh, do you want to quickly give yourself a shout out and uh, tell us where we can find more of your uh, content and your wonderful soothing voice, Cloudy? Uh, click SK Cloudy on Twitch. I have two head ideas. Two hit ideas? Yes, two head ideas. What's that? <laughs> I, would, I would say so for me. Oh, I, two like, head ideas, like four head, but two head. So yeah. like, so like the big thing about streamers, they the, the the way Twitch works, it's it's awful for smaller streamers, and uh, the you like yeah you have the big time streamers like Rise, Steel Mage, Noogie, and all them, uh, but you know they 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 play hardcore mainly, and uh, a lot of the community is of course softcore, and to really learn about the game and to learn little inside tricks here and there. A lot of the smaller streamers will actually benefit you more than you can imagine. Like, for, and I'm not trying to boast myself, for example, like me with the whole aura stacking build. I got it into it so early, and a lot of my viewers like to tend to copy what I do for some reason. And they've all made multiple mirrors this league just by following what I've done this league. And it's and and, and it's like that with a lot of small streamers as well. Like. There's a lot of stress, small streamers that are very knowledgeable of the game, but they don't get the the coverage that they should. And that's just the way Twitch is designed, which is pretty horrid. Well, on the bright side, there's YouTube, which is designed a little bit differently, where you'll yeah. be able to go yeah. viral with, with pretty good content and with, with helpful information. If you make content that helps people be better at the game, this is going to be successful on YouTube eventually, from my experience. Like, maybe not in the beginning because the algorithm doesn't favor you, but as soon as the algorithm realizes that pretty much everyone who's watching the video has benefited from it and has responded in some sort of positive way, people keep coming back. I'm so lazy for that. I should be doing YouTube and all that, but I'm just so lazy. Hmm. I give props to you guys and how you. Oh, can I, I totally that. see that, dude. I I haven't uploaded the YouTube video in four weeks because I have such such right? high standards now and ideas <laughs> that that I. But you, you you guys have that base following though, you know. I just I just never can get into editing videos and doing all that. Maybe one day you'll find doing, a very generous mod we, who wants to sacrifice to some of your time. Three or four videos a week. That's what you need to be doing. No, doing one video a week is already enough to grow your channel. Like, it's better than none. Well, yeah. But three or four a week's better than one. Indeed. It's, 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 it's all investment, right? And the more you invest, the better the returns. That's how it is with everything. No, I'm just saying, like, when you, when you spout the wisdom on stream, when you explain, like, how something is done, and you have, like, a 10-minute section where you literally just don't stop talking because you're explaining A, B, C, D, and that's why D, then it's great if you yourself, or if someone who's uh, listening can, you know, like, you know, edit it down to a nice highlight 
that can then be shared on other platforms as well. Because other mm-hmm. platforms are far more discoverable than um, than Twitches. See, I tried I tried doing that with uh, Reddit. That didn't go so well. Of course, you know, as no, someone no, no, who's... not Reddit. Reddit is a salt <laughs> mine. As someone, as someone YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, not Instagram, Reddit. TikTok. <laughs> Yeah, because like me, like, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a big streamer. I have a very small following, and when when I post stuff onto like Reddit and stuff like that, the number one thing I get accused of is RMT. I don't know who this guy is. He has too much money. RMT, RMT. I'm just like, okay, I give up. No more Reddit. <laughs> and you're like, but I've been live for all of the money making. <laughs> exactly. What? what? <laughs> I I I stream like you know like more than enough. But, you know, of course, that doesn't matter. It's Reddit. But, yeah, you, I mean, eventually I'll get into the YouTube making, but... Well, well, you heard it here, guys. Viewers who watch SK Cloudy get rich and make several mirrors. So make sure to uh, to <laughs> tune into that stream. Uh, g- give him a follow. <laughs> check it out. Feel the vibe. And, uh, yeah, Valor Mage, what, what do you your viewers accomplish that other people don't? Uh... Mostly making fun of me. <laughs> I think they're pretty good at that. Oh, don't worry. I have the same vibe for my uh, viewers. Most of them. <laughs> um, no, no, that's it. They just make fun of me. They're really good at that. Okay. Oh. That's their number one talent. But great. if it helps, I will also make fun of them. It's great. Yep. Yep. Fair warning, if anyone tunes into my stream ever... If you don't like country music, I forewarn you now. <laughs> or Asian men singing. <laughs> I forewarn you now. If you do not like country, you may not enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice to know that forewarn is an actual English word. And I never like yeah, like foreboding or you know, forecasting, forewarning. I never never thought of it. <laughs> because it's so similar to Vorwarn in, in, in German. Like like it's just it seems to me like if someone someone German would say it, I would be like that guy's an idiot. He's just like inventing words that don't exist. <laughs> First, aren't all words just invented words that didn't exist to begin with? Yeah, isn't that just how language is made? Y- yeah, but usually the person who uses it's not the the person to invent it, but like they they you know use it based on like a consensus of meanings and and associations and definitions. I think- I think the worst is when you bring Twitch language outside of Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's monkey-ass. Yeah. Don't start saying things like Kappa Pride in your real-life conversations. People will be like, wait, what? Yeah, one of, one of my buddies actually responds to his girlfriend with uh, the Monka emotes, and uh, pretty much she hates him now. <laughs> So that's another forewarned. Do not use Twitch language outside of Twitch. Alright, yeah. Well, and on my stream, you learn that you, you don't don't play uh, hardcore SSF if you're a total forehead. Because that, that doesn't go well. And if you like in, enjoying the endgame content that everyone aspires to, then you should probably not copy my playstyles because I make really nice characters that are very promising that die at about 60% of their potential to some minor I, inconvenience. I, in, in terms of like, as, like in terms of like views of Solosafan, I actually 
prefer solo Cellfound. You don't have to worry. Everything feels more rewarding, and you can just play. Yeah, and you can't burn nice yourself out on Harvest, really. As like, much trade as Trade League, Player. Tra- trade League can get trivial. You definitely can do a lot more in Trade League, but sometimes, every once in a while, you just enjoy that that me time and just going and gaming. All right. Well, it seems we managed to, to end it on a positive note, as we always try to do. So, guys, if you've missed the beginning of the podcast, we did this one on a Friday night because the Saturday night, sadly, is uh, occupied by Zizarin's event. And this time we were forced to, to just change it because I want to partake in Zizarin's event. Definitely check out the Gauntlet Race hosted by Zizarin and Viral. Big ups, shout outs. We, we wouldn't be uh, changing our schedule if we wouldn't love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. We don't um, normally change the schedule for anything. But yeah, no, we don't, we don't want to. We fun. want to avoid it, but it's, it's, it, it would have been really hard to do a, an episode tomorrow. It's, it's nicer to have it pre-recorded. I'll probably re-air it tomorrow night. But if you've missed it, then you can also watch it in full on Valor Mage's YouTube, as well as all the audio platforms that we're available on, which is most of the important ones and maybe some of the unimportant ones as well. And uh, the next episode, which is going to be all about the announcement of the 3.12 League, should be if everything goes right on Saturday, the fifth of Sep- September. Yeah, September. Yeah. No, I was not sure whether the next month is September or October because I'm <laughs> I'm unable to talk while I think or the other way around. Okay, but, we can we can we can edit this out. No, we we're not editing anything out. Jump <laughs> cuts cost money. Times money. I need to practice for races. I, I can't afford video <laughs> editing. <laughs> Anyway, 5th of Saturday, uh, what, 5th of September, the Saturday, on <laughs> uh, on that Saturday at 9pm GMT, as usual, as you're all used to, the next Faded Connections. Until then, I wish all of you the best of luck and success in the upcoming race. Thank you so much for coming on to discuss all these uh, topics with us, Cloudy. Yo, I appreciate being invited. And also, thanks, Badger. You can, you can thank us uh, next time. And uh, yeah, also thanks, Bella, for taking the time. Everyone wave into the camera and uh, have a very good uh, two weeks, guys. Until-